So it is this wonderful neighborhood in South St. Pete with the pink concrete streets. But the stories about it are, are, are so fascinating, in addition to the concrete pink. You might remember the Tony Hare commercial with the Black Panther chasing a woman through the jungle. I don't know if you remember that on television. That panther lived in the pink streets. Oh, wow. My next-door neighbor had a pet ocelot. And she was, in, she was probably in her 80s when we lived there, and she would walk him around the block. There were all kinds of animals in the pink streets. It was a, sort of a bohemian place. There were two parrots that sang opera. So all of this is part of the identity of the pink streets. So I think a lot of the magic of the place still is there. All right, pink streets. Nothing, not even the birds, knew notes so sweet. On our streets, if we're sinning, we don't mean it. We're just teens trying to read each other's palms or eyes closed, cataclysmic thoughts, someone every time with one eye open. Pink is pink, unless you're talking leather when black's better. But pink turns into punk with just one letter. Pink turns into punk with just one letter, and we were all harmless punks in middle school. They were the days of race riots, floods of students running through the halls, fistfights, and lots of red tomatoes heaved above our heads, splattering down the faces of our lockers. Blacks had had enough. They wanted more. And no wonder they were booted out the door, slapped with pink slips, spelling out expelled, while we were blindly practicing our cartwheels looped on karmic hope we'd finesse for the rest of our years. Of course they rebelled. We were clueless, our friendships edged by perfect pinking shears. We skirted race and all its complications. We skirted race, but not for lack of caring. Too self-absorbed, the world revolved around shaving our legs. And while Armstrong was landing on the moon, we were wondering if soon we'd get a fake ID like all our friends. No big deal, because who were we anyway? We spit identities out like juicy fruit, binging on Bewitched, I Dream of Genie, The Twilight Zone. Disney was done, and Lassie passe, with that twit Timmy always falling down the well. Mash was swell, and laughing aghast, but the Adams family captured my family best with all that loving crazy. Granny, Uncle Fester, Morticia, and Lurch. Not to mention Thing popping from his black box to lend a dismembered hand. Creatures often popped from boxes on the pink streets. Our mother, the cool mom on the block, bought us a tarantula named Shotgun, our monkey Jethro, and a ferret with pink eyes. We found a baby possum we called Moon Pie, and our snakes spelled their names as long as they started with an S. We were famous for two parrots who sang opera and a panther from a Tony Hare commercial who chased a beautiful woman through the jungle. An ocelot walked our blocks with Mrs. Johnson, our tiny gray-haired neighbor. And when Pet Rocks became a hit, we bought them too. The world was raw and wild and we were part of it. Though Homer was a dude we hadn't met, his rosy-colored dawn surely must appear for everyone. What appeared obvious to everyone, at least everyone we knew, was that our streets were special. Who had pink streets besides OK Portugal, which claims one, but not an entire neighborhood? The sun set and rose with us, the pink horizon filling in our potholes. And when they tried to pave us over with black asphalt, we rebelled, singing, Lean on me, American pie. Seabirds hem the sky, the die was cast with those pink streets winding through our past. 
They were the years of lava lamps and incense, always in the distance, disappearing. Forgotten words lost are still worth hearing. We set our clocks by ice cream trucks, their melodies in hindsight perverse, though nothing, not even the birds, knew notes so sweet. Can you tell me, just out of curiosity, what motivated Pink Streets? How did you come to write it? See, I Hmm, that's a good question. I, th- I think I kind of came at it on a couple different levels. I was feeling like I was not writing enough longer poems, so I wanted the challenge of writing something longer. I wanted the challenge of being a little more narrative. You know, so lyric poems, of course, capture a moment. Narrative poems tell a story. I think the best poems do both, you know? And so I tend to write a lot of lyric poetry, which I do love. I like the lyric poem for the intensity of the emotion, kind of being close to the bone as a lyric poem can be. But narrative poems, it's important to try to develop that skill too. So that was part of it, was wanting to kind of push myself mm-hmm. into an area that I wasn't as comfortable with. And, and you know, frankly, I think also wanting to, wanting to go back and think about family in that time because right now when I'm thinking about family, it's a tougher time. In, in many ways. And so, in, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of idyllic stuff happening back in mm-hmm. this period. And it was nice to give myself that opportunity. I also, you know, having grown up in that time, and maybe this is what people feel when they're that age anyway, but it felt very hopeful. Mm. So then remembering, you know, joy and hopefulness. Yeah. Of- I th- I'm, I'm sure that, that um, some of my feminist perspective comes from I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced Strong by that. Women, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I, and they run in my family, which is a nice, nice gift. 